was Cracking Lovely People. It's the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. If you're a new listener, I release a little nugget on a Friday, kind of nutritional, lifestyle-based information, something you can take into the weekend. And then every Monday, I crack a show with, with a guest, an interesting person, some that I'm friends with or, or I've met through other people and other contacts, and we just dig into all things around our oh, business, uh, life, and it's uh, yeah, it's very open and it's uh, it's a bit of a longer form discussion. So today I've got a chap called Steve Ingham on the show, and he is an applied sports physiologist. He's actually been doing this since I was six years old. So he is uh, fantastic, and it's a pleasure to have him on the show because I'm a young practitioner. Um, I'm I'm growing all the time, learning all the time, and um, yeah, I think it's just invaluable to have someone with that kind of experience because he's worked with over a thousand athletes which is mind-blowing and obviously you can pick up so much information from just doing things doing things well um you know and i'm really keen to just dig into a bit of that today so steve welcome to the show oh pleasure to be here matt yeah i didn't mean to kind of dig into that uh you know that wealth of experience hopefully it's it's a it's a positive thing but it was, uh, no, yeah. That's, that's all right. That's fine. I, I have a, a great pride in hoping and aspiring for other people to be far better than I am uh, because it should, the whole thing should evolve. I've, I've uh, tripped up and worked with a couple of decent athletes over time and, and, and attempted to help them go faster. But um, if, it's, if I'm at one level, then people have got to exceed that relatively quickly. Yeah. But the the interesting thing is that I got that I got from you straight away when I started listening to your podcast and following what you do. It's that it's that science to practice, and I love the quote on your site that's you know fusing the science and realities of performance. If straight off the bat I can get from you what what that actually means to you, and and how you work. Yeah, fu- fundamentally, that I suppose it's part of my journey is that I've spent time with some outstanding coaches and scientists, uh, athletes over the years, and that when I first started studying in this area, that I was referred to journal articles and textbooks, and, and I, I revered this body of knowledge of thinking how how amazing it would be to, to bring this to life for a, for a few athletes, and then realizing just how much of it bounced, so recognizing that uh, just because it was published doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work. And so, so then very, very quickly, then thinking, I've got to, I've got to learn this myself and, and try and understand how I go about unpicking this uh, problem solving for an athlete, uh, making it uh, meaningful and understandable for a coach. And and so I started practicing on myself and uh, other people around me and athletes that I knew. And realise just how much difference there is between what we know and, and what people do. And so, so I spent my life dedicated to, to trying to bridge that gap. Is that, that we don't lack for, for what. We've got plenty of that kicking about, especially in the advent of, of online access. But how you make it that happen bring that to life, make it meaningful, make it impactful, convince someone to change their behaviours, uh, sustain that when they just want to drop drop out an idea, um, to stay open-minded when they're full achievers. And some of these dynamics, mm. you cannot find in a textbook. 
And if you do, then it's another theory as opposed to yeah. how, do you, how do you make it work? So that's what it is. It's recognising that knowing stuff's all very well, but until you can then translate that so that someone else is adopting it, living that, then it's, it's, it is academic, literally in the, in the word and in the metaphor. Mm. And to let the listeners know, obviously you, you work with athletes, you work with high performers, but I think it's important to say that not, not everyone that you work with have, 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 has kind of done um, or, or achieved, um, how do I put it? So when I work with people every day, mostly in, in, in corporate wellness and people that aren't full-time athletes and things, they, they say, I want to achieve X. And then, and then my, one of my questions is, how far do you think you are away from that goal? So obviously you work with some some high performers, but then still in, in that environment, they there's things that they haven't achieved. And, and do you ask them that question around because so many of them will be doing training, so many will be looking after their, their lifestyles and trying to jump on every kind of part of of, of um the 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 uh you know their or how do I put it their their just process to get to where they need to be so um do you, do you still have that that kind of question with someone being like what what do you think you need to do and how far away are you are you from achieving that yeah very, very much so I think there are a number of categories of people that I've worked with over the years so you've got the the Dame Jessica and his hills or the uh, the Steve Redgraves of the world these are people that when I first started working with them were either very young and looking up at the top of the mountain or like a red grave, they were at the top of the mountain and they wanted to stay there. So these are, these are sort of rarefied talents that are extreme and people are expecting them to perform and win Olympic gold medal. So that's one, one category. Another would be people actually on, on the, on the fringe and they're trying to optimize their performance. So, so people that potentially, 20 years ago would have got maybe eighth place but through application of science and this attitude and approach and mindset of, of working with people that they've got to the Olympic podium or potentially won so those are the people that actually are quite a different case of, of thinking it probably wouldn't have won but with support and the right mindset they've actually got there mm. um, and another group of people that, that just haven't made it you mustn't forget about the the that for every Olympic champion, there's going to be a lot of people that have lost. And, and so recognising people that have got talent but um, perhaps haven't been able to un- unravel the, the situation. Mm. I would also put then probably two other categories. One, one where um, there's just some really interesting cases or there's some human factors. I, would, I, I used to work when I, was, when I first graduated, I worked at a cardiac rehabilitation centre and I did exercise classes with with these cardiac patients and I, I I took as much pride from working with them as I have done with an Olympic champion to, for somebody to turn around and say thank you I've achieved an Olympic gold medal is amazing but for somebody to turn around and say thank you you've really helped me um, with a new advent of my my life I've got vitality back in my life and I thought it was the end uh, that is just as amazing mm. And then now increasingly, I spend more, more and more time with uh, companies, corporates, uh, executives, who I would class in many ways as high performers, just as I would an Olympic athlete or, a, or a, an elite footballer. Uh, 
people who are, yes, they're, they're probably earning an awful lot of money in a corporate environment, but they are, they are giving of their lives to dedicating to, to making something happen through business. And, and they can apply the same, the same principles of performance to what they're, what they're trying to achieve. Um, and and I've, I, I think I've probably spent the last 20 years thinking sport is it, that's the ultimate but now over the last five or so, translating high performance thinking to a wider community, I've realized that there's so much more out there, so many more people that are grafting, ambitious, and, uh, and open-minded to try and get the best out of themselves. And uh, there's some people that are just absolutely run ragged that can, could do with some, yeah. some assistance in that area, which is just a fascinating concept and a challenge for me too. Yeah. So I suppose if we go into kind of the practical element and, and tease out some of the tools and tactics, let, let let's take some of those individuals that, that you finish off speaking about and, and where, where do you where do you start in, in your kind of um in your kind of your coaching setup? Obviously the, the, the client or the group of people you're working with, they, they come to you with a goal or, or are you kind of brought in to, to just see what the environment's like and, and how you can help improve the environment? How does that work? And then how do you kind of, the first couple of steps, obviously you don't have to give away everything that you do. Um, I'm sure it, it would that would turn into a very long podcast. But yeah, just maybe for people listening, that that, that first interaction and, and, and what you like to, to ask or what people bring um, to you. Is it is it a food diary, activity, that kind of thing? In terms of working with executive types or sports performance? Yeah, let's go let's go kind of executive types to start with. Yeah, well I think there's there's two scenarios that, that can broadly uh, divide into there's people who who are broken is is one uh, or they've experienced something quite significant. They've, they've uh, undergone a meaningful challenge in their career or that they are getting to a point where they can't sustain their, their own physical or mental performance. They have to find a better way. That's, that's one. Um, and I can just expand upon that uh, a little bit. I think you can look at some of the trends over the last 10 years specifically uh, pre and post the financial crisis, and I think a lot of people are are really starting to invest in themselves much more. They are not necessarily dependent upon their work to offer them stability. Uh, the market is, is volatile. Uh, things are moving very quickly, and there's lots of tensions and ambiguities in their life. And the one thing that they can potentially find solace in is is investing in themselves. Mm. That's one category, and then another is is other people that are are business minded, smart, cognitively, um, and they just think, you know what, I'm just going to make this better. In the same way that you would say, I want I want to jump further, um, that that you you're just saying, I, I think I can find a better way to to develop my performance. I want to be more ambitious, and so you've got this kind of threat based. I'm I'm scared because I'm not sure about. Um, how things are going, or uh, versus somebody who's just actually thinking, you know what, uh, I want to be better. So those are the sort of two categories that I think this tends to fall fall into. Um, uh, and what I tend to do is, is, yes, there is a bit of a where do you want to be mm. type discussion, um, but actually I think 
the, the best indication of where you can go forward is, is finding out where people are at the moment or what they've gone through mm. and the habits that they use uh, and identifying areas that can give them the biggest gain. So what I'm not is a, a one-trick pony to say, uh, what we're going to do is get you fit. Uh, let's do some exercise. Yeah. Um, that's going to reduce your blood pressure. That's, that could work. In fact, that's going to work for most of the population, but at the same time, you're, uh, you find out what's going really well, because if you're going to start to get people to change their behaviours, you need to find out what's, what's already going well for you. Because if you turn around and tell somebody, so for example, as a physiologist, uh, a lot of people will do an exercise test and tell them their VO2 max is crap, mm-hmm. and that doesn't really work very well. What you find out is what works well for people, what makes them good, and you build on that. Um, that's that's the most successful way of taking someone forward, as opposed to identifying their biggest weakness and telling them that they're rubbish at it. Mm. Um, so find out what, what the possibilities are, um, to find out what's effective for them, and then you start to uh, expand the, the discussion. Mm, mm. No, I totally agree. Like I had a, had a chap in yesterday, so we did... As you said there, just some 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 basic measurements, um, you know, waist hip, blood pressure, fasting glucose, and um, we looked at his activity levels, his sleep, his hydration, just the kind of you know standard parameters and things it might do before a consultation, and all of those things were as as the company that I work for and and part timer in the red, and it's that kind of especially being a young practitioner and working with someone that's that's older, that has, you know, big life load behind them. That was something I'm trying to hone in my consultation process to be like, right, okay, everything seems to be negative on this sheet, but how can I start things off and, and grab something that's good and then we can kind of build on it from there? Because obviously that person was taking the leap to want to come and see me and, and, and better themselves. But then obviously the initial the initial discussion or the initial metrics that, that, I, that I looked at were just, you know, they, they weren't good. So, so it's nice to kind of hear from, from you, from an experienced practitioner's point of view, how you navigate around that as well. Because, um, yeah, from, from, from my point of view, I'm, I'm, I'm learning every time when I get a client like that in. Yeah, the, the same principle is true of when you're managing and leading people. Um, that uh, it is so far out of date now that you live in these sort of threatening, high-powered environments where it's got, you, you have to have an alpha male uh, leader at the top just banging the desk and saying it needs to, needs to be better, more pouring, mm. more just graft harder. Um, and if someone goes home at 7pm, they're saying, oh, you've got a half day on. Um, that's just nonsense. And so it doesn't get the best out of people. People don't feel enriched, don't feel engaged. And what you then get is you, you get a reduction in the what's called discretionary effort. It's just how much people are investing in. So if, you, if something goes wrong, which it inevitably will do if you're pushing for performance, then you can blame someone. Um, you can point the finger and say it was your fault uh, or it was, that, it was the fault of that process. And, and that's, that's a fairly, uh, fairly out-of-date method. What you should be looking for is the win or curiosity. Mm. So rather than saying it was your fault, you, you engage in a curious discussion. So, so tell us why that happened. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the reasons behind that? 
which are sort of curious questioning about how you can unlock future performance. Um, And if you disagree with somebody and you have a conflict, say you and I expressed our views and they were polar opposites, that that the the technique there in leadership is to find the win-win. You find that bit first and then suddenly you're in a position of agreement and and you're avoiding specific direct aggressive aggressive conflict and then you're building. Um, So we're hardwired to for that loss we don't want to lose and if you can um you can engage people in a constructive looking forward and building for the for a positive constructive future um rather than just pouring over the the negatives of something then you're going to be a far more effective leader uh whether you're managing people or whether you're leading yourself Mm. And how and how have you found things from from when you first started and and like you said you, you you've worked in a, so many different fields and and with so many different people but but building supporting champions and and obviously when people look look you up and I, and I'll leave things in the bio you have you have a team around you so how what's the journey in in terms of the the, the people that are now working with you on 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 a daily basis how have you found that how have you, how have you found being you know a a business owner because um, because originally it was it was physiologist or or uh, pra- you know practitioner so, solo practitioner can you maybe elaborate on that a little bit for everyone yeah absolutely I and mean, it's been an amazing journey in that sense and um, perhaps my my number one comment about the about operating in the high performance system and then I then I'll um, address your second question about setting up a business and what that's meant. Um, my, my probably one comment about working in a high performance system is that when I first started out, it was 1996. So you were six years old. Hmm. Uh, you were just starting school. 1996 when I first started. So Britain was at its lowest ebb uh, in the Olympic performance. And, and for the first couple of years, uh, I worked at a regional level. And then I stepped up to the sort of national Olympic teams and so on. Even, even when I took that step to, to national level, there was still an opportunity to be able to make more, more mistakes. Um, people were probably less forgiving, more forgiving about um, getting something, something done. So I think that now that we've got an evolution of the, uh, of the, the concepts that we actually deliver to athletes, it, you've got Laura Trott, um, she's grown up with a very advanced sports science, whereas Previously, we were sort of convincing, telling people well, this is what sports science is. Mm. Um, so probably the standards and expectation have gone right up um, over, the, over the last de- couple of decades. Um, and the the gap there is that I think that a lot of graduates are coming out with poorer skills than they were 20 years ago. Um, but a lot of courses are not as effective at developing the, the skill to work with people. And make sports science happen. Um, we've got evidence about, around that that seems that the gap is actually increasing. So, so people have got to get up to speed relatively quickly. Um, that would be my uh, one observation, and that's something we're going to try and develop uh, and improve our offering so that we're helping support people make that transition in the future. Mm. Um, I yeah, I, I took the leap of faith after the 2016 Olympics. <clears throat> I had uh, an amazing job, dream job, 
an amazing team. Absolutely loved all of them. Um, loved the environment that I was working in. And uh, and a lot of people said, why on earth did you leave the director of the most successful Olympic team science yeah. work? Um, <laughs> and it was a case of me looking ahead and thinking, um, is this going to be me for the next uh, 25 years? Or will this change? And so I had these thoughts. I mean, I've always wanted to work for myself, probably when I was at school, but and I certainly asked this question hard of myself after 2012. Uh, it was a big, obviously a big event for the country, but also thinking, is this going to get any better? Um, hmm. And then the challenge of, of working with the team to increase performance uh, for 2016, when actually you should get a 15% reduction in medal count. That was an interesting executive level challenge. Mm. Um, but yeah, very much wanted to to set up my own business and give it a go. To, to uh, I found that there was an awful lot uh, in the freedom of having your own business, mm. choosing who you can work with, um, t- taking on the challenge of applying the principles of performance to to people of different walks of life for, through education to charity to business to as well as still to to athletes. Um, I don't think I would have had that challenge. And from a personal growth point of view, the last couple of years have been just as rich as the last couple of decades. And so, therefore, I don't absolutely no regrets. Um, I can choose pick and choose who I work with. Um, if I want to be, if I want to do something free for a school, then I will. Mm. Um, mm. But equally, I've got to earn earn in other areas. So. You, you, what you take away is that stability of uh, a regular paycheck and a salary, uh, but you replace it with uh, the freedom and the entrepreneurial spirit of of making something happen. And and actually, uh, my ambition is that we we have a far bigger impact on mm. on the professions, applied professions. It's not just about sports science application to an athlete that we, we've got bigger ambitions to to make um, improve the effectiveness of, of workers in many different industries <clears throat> no and that's one of those things people listening to this Steve's got a fantastic resource of, of a podcast as well called sporting champions and i think that you know that embodies what you were just talking about there you have a variety of guests talking about you know so many different things and and you're kind of digging into finding out how people are um i suppose mastering things which again it's it's something that you always just assume that the most successful people do but then i think you you constantly bang on about how to how to develop uh, something how to how to master something and i think that that you know that's a great message because often people maybe don't think that they can achieve that so yeah, your 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 what you're doing with that podcast and and obviously the conference next year, it's uh, yeah it's fantastic and it sounds like you you're only just really getting started. You've been a f- going for a few years and then you've got obviously plans to 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 continue to build. What's what's kind of um, next? Is it is it the conference is is your next big big kind of event and then and then you you've got everything else in in the background in terms of working with individuals, companies, charities like you were saying. Well, there's, there is, um, just to pick up on one of those points, is that um, uh, I, I used, so my, my research background 
is in what, what we'd call determinants of performance. So what determines performance? And I'd get invited to, to go and talk to talk at scientific conferences and analytics conferences and data, big data conferences about the processes that I've used over time. And probably about 10 years ago, I started getting a bit fed up of going to some of these conferences and just hearing that someone's followed a, a statistical procedure and hey presto, some gold medals have followed. And I'm sat there thinking, no, it's me- much more messy than that. And I'm listening to a lot of presentations just thinking, wow, I, don't, I can't achieve what they're achieving. I've got my own doubts and, and worries and concerns and I don't know how to have this conversation with people. And, um, and realizing that, <laughs> that if we just talk about big data, then we are talking about such a small fraction of percentage of, of the reality of making performance happen. So the, the podcasts, the blogs, the conference is much more human in that regard. And that's why I wrote the book as well, um, How to Sport Champion. Because I just, I just, people just wanted to hear, oh, what's, the, what's the silver bullet? What's the thing? What do yeah. I need to do? Just, um, you know, we, we, we ran a team, team development workshop recently and people were just saying stuff like, I just want to know how to tell them what to do. <laughs> I said, like, well, that, that, that's, not, that's not working with people. Yeah. That's, that's telling people. Mm. Um, so so that's, that, if you come to the conference, for example, that it, it is much more human. It is um, much more um, complex. Um, you'll hear stories. You'll hear people experience outstanding professionals tell their, their story with warts and all. And so I don't, I don't brief Ben Ryan or Eva Carniero mm. on I want you to say these things and I ask them to be honest as much as they can they, as much as they can be mm. and what comes with that honesty if you're sat there in the audience is is empathy uh, so one of the comments from our first conference was well first of all I've never heard anything quite like this before um, I normally go to a conference and feel intimidated and out of my depth mm. but now I came here looking for a particular solution and whilst I haven't found that solution I feel much more empowered and emboldened to go back to the work that I'm faced with to work it out mm. and, to, and to collaborate with other people. And so it's an empathic experience as much as getting gaining some insights, uh, stealing some ideas from other people. Yeah. So that's, that is the, we're very much a values-driven organization to be able to offer, um, offer our work. Just quickly for people listening, do you, do you have no, to be? I'm just going to stop you because the, the doorbell's about to ring. Oh right, okay. So we so we wrap up here, shall we? No, no, no. It's all right. Something's just going to get delivered. Oh, that's fine. These things happen. Do you need to go um, and grab it? No, no, no. There's a no, no. It's okay. There's a second part to your conversation. The 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 question there about um where next? I'm happy to pick up on that because that's that could be of interest to people. Yeah, yeah, just quickly, if we can address, so people that, that are listening, can, can anyone come to the conference? Do you have to be a, a physiologist, nutritionist? Um, do, you, do you need a certain kind of background or what's what's the kind of um, state play there? No, it's an open ticketed event. Um, that's on our business and that's a, that's a risk that we take, that we host a conference, we believe in some a message and a, mm. and a, and a culture that people will come come for an experience as, in, as well as insights and, and 
collaborate with like-minded people. Um, it's an open ticketed event. They can go to supportingchampions.co.uk and look up the conference there. Um, no, I, I would I would urge people not to to come to our conference if they want two days of scientific studies or two days of uh, wall-to-wall nutrition or <laughs> wall-to-wall data analysis. Don't come to our conference. Mm. If you want to work out how performance can be created, then we're probably for you. Uh, that's the difference. We're not a scientific or medical conference where you're going to learn loads about the hip joint. Mm. Um, people come away from our events thinking, ah, right, I've got a different, I've got a step change in my mindset and my attitude. Mm. So yes, very much open, open ticketed. Uh, we've got, uh, it's focused at professionals in, in sport and in performance, uh, performance managers, performance directors, leaders. We've also, last time we had 30 businesses come along to say, uh, we had CEOs from various companies saying, we, I don't want to go to a room oh. surrounded by CEOs. No. I've got, I want to go and learn from other industries and, and translate, transform information into my environment. We have, Actually, had, I, I was thinking, I, I don't know how business and sport is going to mix in this one room, mm. but I, one of the breaks, I, I, um, I went over and listened to a conversation that we had a, a chief financial officer, marketing director, CEO, coach, a Paralympic champion, nutritionist, all having a conversation about how they bridge a conversation a critical conversation under pressure. How do they communicate mm. when when they're under the pump? And I just got goosebumps just thinking, mm. that's just brilliant. That is exactly why yeah. we host this conference, to learn from diverse backgrounds, share ideas, conversations, and uh, make it happen. Mm. Oh, that's fantastic. No, and I, and I definitely, uh, I can't wait to come next next year, and I think that's that's a great insight for you to be able to to go into it in that kind of detail and um yeah for people listening that's that's such useful information and i'll link to everything in the show notes guys and the tickets and things are available for that and um yeah maybe we close the show with what's next as well because obviously that's that's what's coming up that's what's planned and you've got all the, the people ready to to present and and um you know what's what what, what also are you working on let me track test a couple of questions on you then, Matt. Um, so we're, we're thinking of developing a platform, um, some software, and mm-hmm. uh, and if I was to ask you, do you, do you want to know what it's like in the high-performance industry, uh, what would your answer be? What, just in general? Yeah, do you want to know what it's really like? I'd, yeah, I think I'd... I'd... I'd quite like to know more about the individuals that you're working with and, and, and how they operate on a daily basis, definitely. And, and then the next question is, if you, would you want to get an understanding in great depth of where you're at? Yeah, 100%. And then lastly, do you want to know how you can take the next step forward so that you can be as effective as possible? Yeah, of course, because I spend my day job speaking to other people about how to do that. And I would always want to, or I need to take time to do that for myself. And so that's what we're going to create. Okay. So that's the plan. Uh, that's in the offing. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, all, that's, what, that's what we're hatching a, 
a plan to create to be able to help support people to mm. develop um, to to help people get good mm. Mm. interesting okay so yeah just um stay in tune for that that's 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 the bombshell that that we can end the show on i think yeah well i'll um when it's ready to roll i'll i'll send you the details and you can maybe um follow up to say right um because we'll be looking for people to to undertake some beta testing on this and uh and fill in some information so if your listeners can uh, engage with that maybe in a few months time then that'd be amazing yeah no 100 percent, 100 percent. oh see thanks Thanks so much for your time. And is there anything else that you want everyone listening to, to know about before we go? Um, do you want to let anyone know how they can follow you personally? Yeah, well, we're on uh, we're pretty active on Twitter. Um, I'm on at Ingham underscore Steve. Um, the supporting champions team's got a little bit more character uh, than mine. <laughs> and that's at support underscore champs. Uh, we're on Facebook at supporting champions the the Facebook group is an interesting one actually we're putting more and more information and um, content onto the Facebook group site and we're getting people starting to engage and and co-support each other so the Facebook group site will be uh, one to check out Uh, we're also on Instagram uh, again under supporting champions Mm. and then maybe Uh, the one one place is to go to the website supportingchampions.co.uk and subscribe for the content straight to your in- inbox mm. some special uh, offers and um, additional discounts and content get a free chapter of the house of four champions well from that mm. good now i'll definitely link to all that thanks so much and maybe before we go who who do you follow and and um if it's if it's via audio or or you, or, or you read what what someone writes you know every week or like who are you kind of clicking onto when you've got a spare time or you're commuting or you're deliberately trying to learn learn something from just to let the listeners kind of go away with a, f- a few other kind of um, tools and things to look at from other people. Uh, in terms of books, uh, the 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 book that's had the biggest impact over the last couple of years has been Greg McKeown Essentialism um, I would put a health warning on that because it, it kind of accelerated my life into this sort of world business, world of business and so on um, I was very much about clearing the clutter and focusing on what's going to give you the greatest value um, I, I found that really a really inspirational book to, to engage in um, in terms of podcasts uh, there's, there's plenty of really great ones out there. I'd, um, the one that uh, I think I, I, well, I certainly look up to is Finding Mastery by Michael Gervais. And uh, he, he's just had some, some incredible guests on there. Such highlights. I mean, he's, he's spoken to Albert Bandura, uh, recently to Brené Brown. Uh, some amazing podcasts on there. Great. Oh, that's so useful. Okay, guys. We've got some fantastic things for you to look at in the show notes and um, see once again. Thank you so much for coming on the show and um, yeah, looking forward to coming to the conference and just continuing to dig into all, all the information and things that you produce. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure.